Mosley, Simcox with you. And uh, getting ready, John Morris show coming up next. And we're very pleased to be joined right now by Baylor legend. We crossed over a little bit at Baylor and loved watching this guy play. Brian Skinner, former uh, longtime NBA player and a Baylor player. And uh, Brian, great to have you back on uh, uh, again. And and, uh, you're one of the rare people that are celebrating two national championships right now. Uh, I, I, I would say probably over the past month, pretty, pretty good, pretty good run for Mr. Skinner. Um, it's been pretty good. It's been pretty good. Definitely. It's a, it's a blessing. Um, it's rare. And it, I actually, I didn't get two. I got three because I have two daughters on UK's team. So technically I got three national championships, <laughs> not two or association. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it is Brian Skinner, and uh, I tell you, Brian, this is—it was fun watching. Uh, the, and by the way, that, that volleyball got great ratings. Did you see that? It's like seven, eight hundred thousand. I mean, it was like a almost a million people or something. So I think ESPN got the got the me- the memo. Maybe we ought to put a little more volleyball on TV. People loved watching it, but. Uh, that well, I mean, and we got to see. I saw a picture of you during the game. They they showed you, and and so you had your Baylor men's national title mask on while watching your daughters Avery and Maddie, uh, you know, win that national title for Kentucky. I mean, what is that like as a parent to to be sitting up there? I would have to think it's almost. It, it probably almost feels better than if like you had won a uh, a national title yourself. Um, it was. It was. I guess the word that everyone sort of uses, um, surreal. That was the, 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 the main word that really described that. Um, it was a long journey to get there. Um, for my girls, um, my daughter could have went almost anywhere she wanted to go, and she picked Kentucky because she was familiar with the coaching staff and familiar with visiting her older sister there. So to get them to play together that last year was quite special. I think for me, because I knew how much they argued and how much they fought. And then as they got older, they started to get along. But to see them work on a different spectrum um, as teammates and that accountability and working so well together, um, it, it, it was it was kind of important to me as a father. And then there's the Brian Skinner, the athlete side. Um, they stepped it up and it was a team effort. And I think they played very well. Um, that last championship game, but it was just a long season with COVID being the way that it was. And a lot of good teams had a lot of players that were out and that doesn't take away from that at all because everybody had the susceptibility. And at one point in time, Kentucky had two weeks where no one had any contact, no training. So everyone had to come over a lot of obstacles and to say that you won it where it was the most difficult time in a very long time in a year is phenomenal. Did you learn the like? When did you get into volleyball? Was it through your girls? Did you start as they're growing up? Did you start learning the game and get way into it? How did uh, how did you come to volleyball? And 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 now do you count yourself among? Uh, I mean, I guess you know all the different intricacies at this point of that particular game. Even though you were an NBA player, got into volleyball. My sister played. And this is before the rules changed where now, instead of being able to score on service points, it was, you know, you go to 25 before the games took like four hours long. 
um, to be able to do. But changing that new format, um, it was with my sister. And then after that, my uh, oldest and my second oldest got involved with it probably about 12 years ago. And they said they wanted to play, and I was all for it. I wanted them to be able to do that. And that was something that they decided for themselves. Um, I didn't force them into it. I just told them they're going to do one fine art and one sport, whatever it might be. And uh, it stuck. But women's volleyball is a growing sport. Um, if you have a lot of male-dominant sports, um, the women's side really doesn't do so well with it. And women's volleyball is the complete opposite. It is a very dominant sport for women's side. Males don't do as well as the women's side does. But um, they figured it out, and it is growing on an exponential level right now. Yeah, it, 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 what break down their games for me, Brian. Talking to Brian Skinner, former Baylor basketball legend. His daughters just won a national title at Kentucky. They are outside hitters, um, yes. and, and obviously they got some of your length and that kind of thing. But what are their uh, how how similar are their games? What what's different about uh, about the way your daughters approach it? Oh, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Um, Avery was a definite power hitter. Um, she was very dominant um, in terms of just straight, raw power. Um, she basically um, had to work herself back into rotation her last year, and she recommitted herself. She did the stuff that she needed to do. And I think the two differences, um, comparison that a lot of announcers that I can see is that Madison um, – was a very I consider she was a weaker hitter than Avery and that's changed um Avery's become a little bit more craftier with her skill um roll shots cross shots line shots um trying to go high instead of trying to go through the block um so her game definitely went from a power hitting to more of a craftiness um Madison is I'll say it. I know my daughter might be upset with me, but she's more of an athlete um, than my other daughter. Um, she just has the hang time of a bird right now, and she tries to go over right now. And she still has a lot of stuff that she needs to know, but the fact that she started out with the national championship her freshman year, um, she's definitely going to be able to improve on what she needs to do to be an all-around effective hitter when you have someone that is 6'8 or 6'9 um, because that one thing is inevitable. You can't teach height. <laughs> no, you can't. You can't You can't teach it. And, uh, boy, you had it. You you had it when you came in and used to love watching you all go up against some of those great Oklahoma State teams. Texas had some good teams. By the way, was that, did that, was that kind of fun going against one of your old rivals in Texas, was that uh, did that almost make it even a little sweeter? Always, always. Whether it's at a regional <laughs> qualifier or you're just playing at your facility, um, if you're a true competitor, if you're a true athlete, uh, I try not to live intravenously through my kids. I try not to live intravenously through my kids, but I also, uh, you know, I also relish the fact of them being able to compete. And you see a lot of ex-athletes, daughters who are starting to figure out that volleyball is one of the sports that they can really um, excel in. But to be able to do that, yeah, it's always bittersweet. I, I, I'm, I'm going to call it what it is. Um, you know, obviously, UT had a very good team. They had a very good um, powerful team. Um, you know, every rotation they had someone in 6'3", six, 6'5". Um, but obviously the better team won that night. It only takes one time, 
um, to win a national championship. You don't get do-overs. But um, it was just a great match overall. Well, talking to Brian Skinner, his daughter's just won a national title for Kentucky. Uh, he played basketball for Baylor, and, and you all know him, uh, a legend. What did you think, uh, Brian, about watching this uh, Bears team go to the national title? And is it it's kind of cool now to say that you played for a national title winning program. Uh, I, I I talked to a lot of former Bears, and it, it's just a it's a really I, I, it had to be a neat thing. But what what about this team stood out to you? What what uh, what did you love about watching this team? This team is, and I'll say this out of any team that I've watched, and I've watched a lot. I'm 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 a fool. I'm a, I'm, I'm I'm a fool when it comes to. Uh, <laughs> basketball um i love to watch the game i don't just watch today's game i watch a lot of old games and just watch how the game has changed and developed that baylor team to be honest not biased was probably one of the most dominant teams i've ever seen play in collegiate basketball um one through five they understood exactly what their jobs were they were resilient. They hit the shots they needed to. But a lot of people take for granted the amount of work that has to be put into that. And I said that before with COVID and everything else that's happened. You know, they lost two of those games after not being able to practice together for three weeks, which people don't understand. You, you, you lose that cohesion and that fluidness playing together as a team and understanding what they need to. It takes a while to get back. And with – that loss that they experienced then, it was they used their defense to get back into it. It wasn't offense. Uh, I think it was three for 16 from the three from the arc. And they used their defense. And it was a, it was a nasty, ugly-looking ball game. But they actually focused on what didn't work. They went to something else. And they got that win that got them to the propulsion of what they needed. And I said this before, I would have preferred for them to lose a little bit earlier to get that taste out because, you know, when you have an undefeated ball club going late into the season, sometimes they forget um, what they need to do. They forget those things that got them to where they are right now. So the fact of losing that game uh, or one of those games, um, I think having it done earlier sort of um, propelled them to the point of not forgetting that but remembering that and going back to the basics and fundamentals they had worked on the whole entire season. And I, I am I, I talking to Brian Skinner, Baylor's uh, legendary center. What I, a couple of the big men, and I wanted to bring up in particular Chamwa Chachua. Uh, incredible energy, obviously can jump out of the gym. What do you what do you like in his game? Obviously, the energy is unbelievable. What he what he's brought to the program, kind of like vital in that area. And, and where do you think? Where do you think his game is headed, uh, a guy like uh, uh, Everyday John, as uh, as he'll definitely return next year? You, you have a lot of different nicknames um, for all those guys. His, his style of play, um, the energy is unbelievable. It's off the charts. Um, that's one of the biggest things in the world. Rebounding, he understood exactly what his role is and what he needed to do for that. I'm, I'm, what I'm looking forward to is how his offensive game develops. Um, mid-range jump shot, um, inside post-ups and different things. We already know that he can jump outside the gym, that he's very aggressive. He is very big and very strong. His IQ is very high. He has really good hands, 
Um, I'm just looking for that progression. I'm looking for that evolution right now. If you give him all of that, plus you give him a medium-range jump shot, um, it's going to be a phenomenal year for Baylor next year. I'm just looking more for the evolution. I mean, all the things we know that he did, he did what he was supposed to do. Um, I'm looking to where he can get better and the things that he can do as an individual that's going to contribute to next season for Baylor. All right, and uh, and of course Matthew Meyer with the uh, the mullet. That guy's going to be fun. Hopefully he'll come back. Uh, talking to Brian Skinner, who starred for Baylor from about '94 to '98 and put up huge numbers before going on to the NBA. Joining us on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Go ahead, Stephen. Brian, going back to your family for a second. I know you're a fierce competitor, and I would imagine your daughters are as well. So. Uh, what what's that like? What's that dynamic like? Are game nights pretty intense at the at the Skinner house? Well, you know, I mean, we I say this before we have uh, we have competitors. Um, they they had to grow into that. For me, I, I I had to figure out as a parent that it was okay for me to lose. You know, it was okay. I, I really didn't like to lose at anything from memory games all the way to guess who. Um, I didn't like to lose. And I finally figured out, you know what? It's not about that anymore. I took a different, um, I took a different road, um, after I retired, um, and just try to help my kids understand, um, how to be competitive, how to stand up for themselves, how to fight for something and to start how you finish, start how you want to finish. Um, I always give them that whole thing. always try to be a better version of yourself tomorrow. And I think that's important when you find players, as well as people that get content and complacency, um, there's no room for growth. And somebody will always pass them up. But our our game nights were uh, pretty competitive. Um, my daughters would try to cheat sometimes, so I had to write them down and write the questions down that I asked. And I finally figured out, you know what, as long as we have fun, it doesn't really matter. But uh, outside of the family, you know, I tell them before, when you step between those lines, whether it's volleyball or basketball, or tennis, cornhole for that fact. Um, I'm not necessarily your friend right now. I'm trying to beat you. And, uh, you know, you're trying to learn from your past previous mistakes. And if it's 250 losses and you have no wins, guess what? I hope you finally figure it out. But um, nothing's very easily given on this family. So the fact of the competitive nature with Avery and Madison going back after it, you know, they played the same positions. And I was like, Avery's not going to give it up to you. You're going to have to take it from her. And she didn't take it from her. They just put her on the other side. And when that happened, uh, you could see that they sort of figured out what they need to do to be conducive to have a winning ball club but to be able to contribute at the highest level. Well, listen, we, uh, we're we very excited for you. Man, it was great to see you. Uh, honored along with a lot of great uh, former teammates and everything. And uh, your buddy uh, your buddy Derek Hauser will be very, very pleased that you have come on and he'll be excited if he didn't hear it live. <laughs> He'll uh, he'll download it and get to hear the podcast. But really appreciate you coming on. Great to catch up with you. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much.